Hey y'all, and welcome to another episode of Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. Um, I'm here, I'm your host, and I am going to be King Leonidas today. That's who I will be as your host. Um, I hope that you all have had a great week, a great weekend. I hope Thanksgiving was amazing for you. Gobble, gobble day can always be a different kind of day for many people in this world, especially this time of year. Uh, depression is on an all-time high, especially around the holiday season, y'all. So be mindful of yourselves. Be mindful of your friends, your family members. Check on your friends who happen to be extroverts, especially in this time of year and things. You know, this is probably their bread and butter. But with the pandemic, of course, not a lot of interactions should be happening or are happening. So check on your extrovert friends and also check on your introvert friends, you know, holiday season it brings up different memories and emotions for everybody so just be mindful of your friends and families people who are out there people that you care about um i hope that you all did have a happy thanksgiving though i hope the turkey was delicious or the mac and cheese was so cheesy and deliciously baked with a nice crust on top of it that's not made out of breadcrumbs and i hope it was so 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 good um, whatever you ate for Thanksgiving, I hope you enjoyed it. My Thanksgiving dinner consisted of rice, fried chicken, and green beans. And when I say I was in heaven, y'all, heaven on my tongue. My dad fried chicken, and when my dad fries chicken, it's always some damn good fried chicken. But he only does it like once a year. So you know, I ate 40-something pieces of that damn chicken. I'm so good. Um, but aside from that, y'all, Thanksgiving was great. It's great to be back here with you. If you would like to interact with the show, feel free to do so on all of the socials at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy, or you can always message me or send me an email at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in gay, B as in black, B as in boy at gmail.com. I will check out your emails and in the spirit of giving thanks for all things that I'm thankful for, you can go ahead and use a good two curse words on me in an email today, but make them strong and impactful. I can't wait to read and hear what y'all have. Two words. When I get down below five, it seems like y'all write me some really, really good, but very cutting stuff. So I hope you never say these things to somebody and mean them um, when you do this. (laughs) But let's get the episode started today, y'all. Today's episode, first, I'm going to talk about why I'm calling it Blind Boy Walking. So it is December 1st. Um, first day of December, first day of the last month of 2020. And oh, thank you. I'm so happy this year is almost over. 2020 has been a shit show. I do not want to challenge 2021 into making it worse. So I am thankful for everything that we have gone through, but I am happy for this to be over. And let's hope that the year 2021 brings us a brand new start without as much bullshit orange people or Karens. I just hope that this year coming up is going to be amazing. But the reason why I'm calling today's episode Blind Boy Walking is so I started my day today getting up 
my morning routine like normal, hopping in the shower, making some coffee, smoking a little bit, getting ready for work, and then getting out the house. The beginning of my routine started off fantastic. The smoking, making my coffee, being a little bit of a lazy Larry before I hop in the shower. Hop in the shower, I get out, and now it's time to get the serious preparation for work. This is when you moisturize the skin, put on the fragrance, get the beard beat into submission, hit my face up with a brush, beard oil, all that. And then lastly, I put in my contacts. So I go to put in my contacts, and as I'm putting one contact in my hand, getting ready to just rub it a little bit with a little contact solution just to make sure it's clean, doesn't the contact literally split in half in the palm of my hand? Like, splits in half, like you would have sworn you just broke a wishbone on turkey on turkey day. If anybody knows what the wishbone is, um, or if you don't know what the wishbone is, the wishbone is a bone that I know is inside of all birds. I don't even know if it's inside of all mammals, but I know it's in birds. And the tradition is you break it uh, in half with somebody else, and whoever gets the biggest piece gets a wish. This essentially what happens in my contact is it broke in half, but the only wish that I had was that I had another pair of fucking contacts. Of course, that was my last pair of contacts, and on top of that, I broke my glasses earlier this, well, earlier in November, not this month, because it's December, it's the first day. So, I'm sitting there, I'm like, damn it, I'm not going to be able to see a thing, because y'all... The expression blind as a bat for me, I don't even think applies. I'm pretty sure that a bat has better vision than I do. Pretty much anybody does, except if you are legally diagnosed as blind. And I'm not legally diagnosed as blind yet, but my vision is very, very short. It probably extends within an inch of my eyeball to see clearly without corrective lenses or contacts. So, of course, I'm like, fuck, man, I can't get any more contacts because I don't have them and I've got to be to work in 30 minutes. So what do I decide to do? I decide to walk my happy little ass out my house without any contacts in. And of course, I'm walking to work today. Can't see anything in front of me. I could barely make out the... I could barely make out the snow that was coming from the sky as it was landing on my eyelashes. That's how bad my vision is. So I'm walking and of course I'm all in my head. I'm thinking about different things because I'm like, fuck, why did my day have to start off like this? And then you start getting into that funk because it's like, well, shit, I don't have contacts and now I'm working broke. And when I say working broke, if you haven't watched the show, working broke means all the bills are paid and everything that's important isn't paid, but I don't have any fun money. So I can't go out and try out a new burger from McDonald's or I can't do the thing that I love to do um, on my cheat day. I like to go to McDonald's to get a bake. Why am I stuttering right now? a sausage biscuit and cheese. Then I like to go to Burger King to get hash browns. Then I like to go to Wendy's to get their potato wedges for the breakfast in the morning. And oh my God, it's all so good. I would literally kick somebody in the face for it because it's delicious. So of course, I'm in my head there. I'm like, fuck, well now I can't even get something from the morning so I can feel better and at least have some kind of happiness to take away this frustration I'm dealing with in the morning. Then, 
doesn't it, as I'm walking to work, start raining while it's snowing? So then the front of my scrubs is all soaked in water. So I finally get to the office and I sit down and I'm like, fuck, man. I just want this fucking day to be over already. I'm fucking over it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I'm just sitting here just like, ah, in my head wanting to scream. But then I realized that today is World AIDS Day. It is World AIDS Day, y'all. So that's where we're going to start today's episode off at. It is World AIDS Day. Um, World AIDS Day, if you're not familiar with World AIDS Day, it was first observed in 1988. Um, and each year, organizations and individuals across the world bring attention to the HIV pan- uh, epidemic. Because HIV is still happening. It's still an epidemic. It is still causing a lot of deaths and medical issues and problems and destroying families in our world. Um, The point of World AIDS Day is to bring knowledge, speak out against the HIV stigma, also the AIDS stigma, and bring increased attention towards the movement of ending the HIV epidemic in America. Um, Here in New York State, we have a campaign that's called ETE 2020, which is ending the epidemic 2020. Um, We have not ended the epidemic as of yet. We still have a few weeks here in 2020, but we have seen noticeable changes and improvements in treatment and keeping people in treatment and also helping stop the spread of HIV. Now, it's crazy when I think of it. The first time that World AIDS Day was observed was December 1st, 1988. I was born in the year 1988. This day has been celebrated for 32 years. I'm now 32 years old and I have lived with HIV knowing that I have it for 16 years. So for the better part of half of my life, I have been positive for HIV and I'm a long-term survivor. Um, At this point in my life, it takes a lot to look at this and be like, well, damn, Andrew, more than half your life, you've had this virus, essentially. And then on top of that, you are a long-term survivor. It's scary when I think about it. It's scary to say because I remember the day that I found out that I had HIV. I'm 16 years old. And the person who told me, I'm screaming at her that I'm just going to die and it's over. And she's like, well you know, you could live 30, 40 years. And I remember screaming at her, I don't want 30 years. That's not what I want. I want a regular life. And to be where I'm at today, to find out I was positive when I was 16 years old. And at this point now being 32 and being able to articulate how I feel, to understand these emotions, to live with something that's in my body involuntarily for 16 years and adapt to it and say, you know what? I am not HIV. It just happens to be a part of my life and a part of my body. It's astounding because if you had told me this, that I'd be sitting here today. 16 years ago when I found out, I would have called you a lying bitch spitting your face and probably would have made a pan of hot ramen and threw the ramen noodle broth in your face just because. And it wouldn't have even been the good flavor. It would have been that nasty oriental flavored ramen, which... We're not going to talk about the problematic name for that ramen flavor, but it would have tasted like shit and you would have been burned. Um, I mean, if you were to tell me 
16 years ago than in the year 2020. We'd be battling a pandemic. We've had a Cheeto orange orangutan as president. We've had white people going crazy out here saying that they are being uh, discriminated against and there's a genocide against their race. I wouldn't believe it. I would not believe it. I would not believe a single word. But lo and behold, here we are. Now, this is the one day of the year that I truly love because so many people who are out there breaking the stigma of being positive and also letting know others know you're not alone, this is their day. This is our day. You're not alone. You're not alone facing your diagnosis if you happen to be positive. You're not alone facing the unknown if you don't know your status. And you're not alone if you do know your status. You're not alone. Um, There are millions of people in this world who are infected with HIV and AIDS and battling every day, who have to get up every day and look in the mirror and face the world that is their reality. But at the end of it, get up and do it. I can't always say it's with a smile. Um, I can say it myself. Being at this point 16 years, knowing that I'm positive, 16 years of being in treatment and taking medication, That's 16 years of a daily reminder, at least for a second, when I have to pop that pill in my mouth, that I have HIV. And to make it to this point, I have to celebrate myself, pat myself on the back, but anybody else who is out there, every day you make it, knowing your diagnosis or not knowing, every day you get up and you walk out your house or you look at yourself in the mirror, you should celebrate that. Be proud of it. Because there are so many people who haven't made it to this point, And it was either by choice, not by choice, whatever happened. The universe decided that it was their time to not be here. So be thankful that you're here. No matter what your standing is, no matter what your status, be thankful. Um, but one of the things I do want to talk about, the very first World AIDS Day that I paid attention to and saw was a life-changing event for me because it was the first time that I saw another black man who was gay, who is HIV positive and was living his best life. I don't remember his name, but I do remember he was a college grad and he was a lawyer and he was out there making a difference because he didn't want other people to experience what he experienced in his life. And that changed me. It really changed me because I saw somebody for the first time since hearing my diagnosis saying that this isn't a death wish, that this isn't a death wish, your life can still go on and you can still get to where you want to be and then some by just being you and understanding that this virus is just that, it's a virus, but it does not make up who you are at the core of your being. So for anybody who's listening, um, maybe you know your status or maybe you don't. Uh, Maybe you don't want to know. Maybe you do want to know. Today could be the day to find your connections. Um, I advise everybody who's listening to me to look at the CDC website, the World Health Organization, or HIV.gov. That's HIV.gov. There's tons of resources and all these websites and links that you can get to to give you accurate information about HIV, the epidemic, treatment, and how to protect yourself. And then also resources for testing services that are near you. 
and also financial assistance. There is tons of financial assistance out there. If your fear of having HIV is that you fear that you won't be able to afford the treatment or it's going to cost too much for treatment, which is sadly in our country something we have to think about, being a first world country, being a country that's considered by some one of the greatest countries in the world, the most richest countries in one of the in the world. It's sad that we have to think about, can I afford treatment for a virus that will kill me? Or do I have to put my treatment to the side so I don't die just living my life as a middle-class American or a black American? Like, these are things that you have to think about. I think about myself, and I don't even know why I'm going off into this tangent, but it's World AIDS Day, y'all, so let's talk about it. I think about myself when I was living in Texas. I was in Central Texas. I was living on a military base. And I couldn't find treatment for me being HIV positive. Even the local health office, which was in a predominantly black, poor area, they didn't even know what the medications were that I was taking for my HIV treatment. They didn't have doctors there who understood HIV prevention and treatment. And it was such a closed environment and such a closed minded atmosphere. I felt uncomfortable telling the doctor I was seeing that I was gay. I felt uncomfortable even discussing sex with the doctor. I felt uncomfortable with the fact that I had to tell the doctor, these are the medications that I take. This is how the prescription needs to be written. This is what I need from you. And when you draw my blood, these are the things that you need to put in for the lab to look at for my blood draw. I am not a medical, well, I was not a medical professional at the time. And now I am. And I could still articulate what needed to be done for me for treatment as an HIV positive patient in an office that's supposed to specialize in healthcare for black people and sexual health. But nobody in that office understood a single fucking thing. So then when I finally did find an office that could provide me treatment, I had to go over 60 miles to get there. Now imagine doing this as a black person in a poorer neighborhood, which is where I lived at in Colleen, Texas, without a car, without family or people around to help support me, without a public transportation system that's reliable. How the hell am I supposed to go get treatment for a condition that will kill me if I don't get treatment for it? And this is sadly The reality that a lot of people in our country face when it comes to being HIV positive, to having AIDS, the stigma set aside, it's the lack of treatment and availability for treatment, especially for people of color, most specifically black people and people who happen to be LGBTQ+. It's sad to see. And this is what I love about World AIDS Day. It It's at least one day a year to bring light to the fact that treatment and prevention is put on the back burner in this country. 
especially for HIV and AIDS. In the beginning of the epidemic, we would see people with HIV or AIDS on TV, and if they came out that they were HIV positive or if they had AIDS, they were immediately shunned. They were treated like a walking dead zombie. They were treated like they had the motherfucking T-virus from Resident Evil. They were treated like Medusa. If you looked at them, you'd turn to stone and get AIDS. You wouldn't just turn to stone, but you'd get AIDS as a stone character. Like, and... It's just so crazy to see that that's where we were and this is where we're at now. There are massive amounts of uh, advancement, investments, treatments, looking to a possible cure. But we do have to acknowledge that there's an air of privilege and not everybody gets this information. Not everybody gets the opportunity to get into the treatment programs that they want um, not everybody gets the treatment that they deserve as a person who is living as a person. I'm just going to say as a fucking person. It doesn't even matter your status, just as a person. And we know that people of color, especially black people, are infected with HIV at a much higher rate than anybody else. Um, especially black gay men. One in four of black gay men are expected to become HIV positive by the end of, I think, year 2025 is what the last estimate that I saw. That's one in four of black men who are gay. One out of every four gay black men is expected to be HIV positive. But we are continually seeing that services for black gay people are being defunded. Services for black gay people are incredibly limited. Services for get black gay people have such a huge stigma attached to them that most people don't even want to go near them or touch them. So it just sucks to see where we're at. I'm happy that it's World AIDS Day because we can bring a light to it, but it just sucks to see everything and where we're at in this. I mean, the fact that one in every four gay black men is expected to be HIV positive is a dire, dire thing to say. And it should be in the front of the media, in the front of the news. But we do know, at least I know myself as being a cisgendered gay black man in this country, not only are you invisible, you are expected to sit back, stay silent, and just be there as a face and a body to show support. But don't you dare speak up about what you need. Um, that is what a lot of us face in this community. So World AIDS Day, if you aren't familiar with it, I do suggest that you look at things, look at all the information for it. Go to those websites, the CDC, the World Health Organization, HIV.gov. These are all great resources for you to go to, to check out, to look at. So you can educate yourself, educate others, especially if you have people in your life who are afraid of HIV or maybe who do not understand HIV. These are great resources to help them understand, look at the information and possibly make a change in their life with their habits, go get tested, get into treatment, get into prevention therapy, because there are medications that are out there now. One of them is called PrEP. One specific name of the medication is called Descovy. It's one pill you take once a day, and it makes it 92% effective if you preventing HIV through sexual contact if you don't use a condom. Think about that. You can go bareback. You can go ahead and fill the walls with the tip of your dick 
or whatever way you have sex and at least have a 92% effectiveness rate of preventing HIV by just popping one pill a day. That's it. That's all you got to do. And this goes for men and women. For women, the medication you would take is Truvada because it has not been clinically proven for Descovy to have be as effective for men. But with Truvada, with women, you get that 92% effectiveness of preventing HIV transmission through sexual contact without a condom. You can't beat it. 92% effective to prevent you from getting a virus that will stay with you your entire life. And if it's not treated, will lead to your death. Imagine if we had a pill you take once a day to prevent COVID, everybody be taking that pill. So treat this the exact same way. If that's what you want to do to protect yourself, that's one route that's available to you. This information isn't readily available, especially for my listeners who are people of color, who are black, who live in poor neighborhoods. I know this information isn't readily available to you. And a lot of those neighborhoods, especially in the South, it's just something you don't talk about. You don't talk about HIV. You don't talk about sexual health. You don't talk about sexual practices. All the while, the rates of infection are the highest in the country in those areas where they don't talk about it. And then on top of that, the death rate and the lack of treatment is out of control in those same areas. In those same areas, it's out of control. So just think about it, because this is not a disease that just affects gay people. This affects every single person in the world. Whether you know it or not, you're probably linked to somebody through dating, relationships, hookup, family members, friends, or just somebody you've met at least once in your life who has been affected or is infected with HIV or AIDS. And when I say HIV or AIDS, I need you to understand just a little education section. HIV is the virus that leads to the condition known as AIDS. AIDS is not a separate virus. It is based on the count of your CD4 cells, which have to do with your immune system, and your viral load, which is how much of the virus is actually in your body at the time that they do a blood draw for you that determines if you are diagnosed with AIDS or HIV. All right. Just a little snip, uh, snippet to add in there. I do hope that whoever this is meant for, whoever is hearing my voice, you can either pass along this information or use it yourself in a beneficial manner. That'll help you because it's World AIDS Day, y'all. I'm going to say it again. It is World AIDS Day. And the fact that we have to have a day about AIDS, it's scary. It is not ending. It has not ended. It has not gone away. But treatment has gotten so, so much better. I live essentially a normal life. If you minus my belief in aliens, my foil hats, my beer stein collection, my old whiskey decanter collection, and my love to mix up random chemicals, even though I made mustard gas by mistake when I was younger doing that, I still live a relatively normal life. <laughs> so just know that it's not the end of the world. If you do find out you have HIV or if you find out you have AIDS, as long as you have breath in your lungs, you still have a chance to turn your life around and fight to live. So just a little word that I just want to release for y'all. Um, I am going to get ready to take a little break here so we can make a little coins. Uh, but if you are in the upstate New York area, Rochester particularly, um, or if you have access to the internet, you can catch me today 
on the Connections with Evan Dawson's podcast and radio program from noon to 1 p.m. And we will be talking about World AIDS Day and things that have to do with health insurance, health care, health navigation. And I'll even be sharing my story about my diagnosis and being HIV positive on the radio show today. So if you're interested in listening, you can go to WXXI, their website, just put it into Google um, or just do WXXI New York and you can see Connections with Evan Dawson and that's what I will be on. The podcast recording I don't think will be released today, but the live radio broadcast is happening today, December 1st at noon. So we're going to take a little break here, y'all, and I will be back. Hey, y'all, I am back like bangs and hand rolled curls on a Sunday. I am here. Um, So, you know, I was telling you about the radio show that I'm on today um, that is Connections with Evan Dawson. Um, During the break, I actually recorded my segment for the radio program. It is available on WXXI and it will also be available on the podcast Connections with Evan Dawson. Um, It was a great experience, great time. I'll make sure to add a link to it so that way y'all can check it out because it was amazing. And I did share my story of when I was diagnosed with HIV. Um, This is is World AIDS Day after all. So make sure we share that with you. Um, I have shared it here on the podcast. I'm not going to share my story again because it is in a previous episode and that is Gay, Black, and Positive is the name of the episode. Feel free to go check it out. Um, And I'm not going to share my story right now because I don't want this to turn into much more of a somber environment. Um, Part of World AIDS Day is understanding that HIV and AIDS also affects your mental health. Um, a lot of mental health care professionals and groups do a lot of different things on World AIDS Day. And it's geared for people who could be positive, you could be negative. Maybe you're the family member of somebody who is positive. You never realize how HIV or AIDS is going to affect you or the world around you until it literally affects the world around you and you see it happening. Um, so... It's just, I just hope that everything that I've said today on the radio interview, on this podcast here, I just hope that whoever needs to hear this, you're hearing it. That's all I can hope for. Um, But y'all, let's get into a little bit of, you know, my little craziness of the news. I love some things. I love some things. So one of the first things that I do want to talk about, uh, this is an update to a story that I talked about last week. And that update is about the monolith that was discovered in Utah. So our update. Um, So last week, that monolith that was discovered in Utah, it was in a state park. It was in a very secluded, hard to get to place and the area wasn't disclosed. Um, But some people went and found it. They approached it, made a video, touching it, climbing on it and all these things. Well, it is gone. It's gone. Um, The Department of Public Safety said, reacting to the news in an Instagram post, almost as quickly as it appeared, it has now disappeared. 
The department said, adding, I can only speculate that aliens took it back using the emoji for extraterrestrials. <laughs> no, I just had to say that. Um, that was a little snippet I took from CNN, their website to CNN.com of what was posted on the social media. I haven't actually looked at their Instagram page yet. But after this one disappeared or was taken down, we don't know who did it. Um, you know, I love for this to be aliens. I really would. Like, I feel like aliens would come down and they would put metal spires down so that way a month or like two from now they can come back and make alien pancakes like alien cakes um imagine that their griddle is that big that they need a monolith to sit on on top of like that's how epic those pancakes are going to be or you know i kind of imagine that this monolith could have been a smokestack for like an underground society that's living beneath mountains all of my claims are wrong. Um, do not base anything that I have said on fact because it is all fiction, just so you know. <laughs> but what's not fiction is this. So after the monument was discovered, well, the monolith was discovered, it was disappeared. It was either taken down or removed um, after being discovered. But also after it was removed or taken down or whatever happened to it in Utah, Another monolith resembling this one appeared in Romania. Now, the monolith in Romania, um, it is metal. Again, it looks very similar. It's uh, triangular in design as far as how it looks. It stands roughly about the same height. Um, but there's two things that are noticeably different about it. One, it looks like it's had some soldering work done to it. And two... The texture of the metal on the outside looks like it's been scratched or etched in like a swirling pattern or somebody took a circular saw or a circular sander and kind of brushed the metal to create this swirling pattern. It kind of looks like sixes. If you like swirl a pen on a paper and you keep drawing the number six but without lifting up your pen, um, that's kind of what it looks like. Now, I've seen this effect created on different things, especially like metalwork, and people use belt sanders or they use circular saws or all these things. But I just, um, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this is about, but I'm here for it. Now, this one in Romania, another thing that's different from it, and I saw the monolith in a video. Um, in the video... A man is speaking and he is speaking in another language and I do apologize. I don't know what language he was speaking and I don't know if in Romania the language is Romanian. I don't want to misspeak so I don't know the language he was speaking. But um, he's speaking and he's walking around the monolith with his camera. He walks up to it. He touches it. He inspects it. He knocks on it. And when he knocks on it, it makes a loud sound like it's hollow. Like this is aluminum sheet metal and it's hollow. You can see riveting in it, which you could not see riveting in the other one. You can also see an area in the monolith that kind of looks like it was soldered together. It looks very rough. Um, but those are the only noticeable differences to it. Um, aside from that, it's 
also not in a secluded space. So the one in Utah was like in a secluded part of a national park. It kind of looked like it was wedged between two big boulders really out the way. And nobody would have ever really just noticed that unless they stumbled across it or the way it was discovered by a helicopter. Those would be like the really two ways you discovered that thing. This one in Romania, now I don't know specifically in Romania where this man is, but it honestly looks like it's on the top of a hill out in the open in an area that's not really secluded. So it's two different things that are going on there. And I'm just like, okay, this looks interesting. But then we could also go down the rabbit hole of hotepish things and we can talk about it. Um... If I'm going to go down the route, uh, the rabbit hole with this, let's do it. Let's go down the rabbit hole. One thing, if this is alien or extraterrestrial, if they have these spires or monoliths that they're also being called, let's say they were put down all across the earth. Maybe they're going to be used to create a, a, uh, network that connects all these metal monoliths together, maybe by electricity or electrical currents or even tectonic energy. Maybe that could be the thing. Maybe if you've seen Full Metal Alchemist, they're beating, they're building the human transmutation circle from Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, maybe each of these spires or monoliths, I don't know, maybe just somebody's bored and they went to whole punch of metal rod into the earth who knows there's tons of things that could be behind this but i do hope honestly above everything else that this is just like crop circles i love crop circles so if this is like a crop circle but it's being done with this monolith shape i am here for it i will gladly support all of it and i hope if people are out there just making these it kind of creates like a global connection for us all as a world of you know what our countries are shit, our governments are shit, but we're connecting each other by building our own mystery of what these monoliths means. It's like a global uh, fairy tale that people will be able to tell their kids one day that during this crazy, crazy pandemic and when everybody in this world was just going out of their minds insane, these metal spires appeared and the world changed. Or it could be like Digimon, uh, Digimon, Digimon, and the Dark Spires, if you remember that arc, or if you're familiar with that version of Digimon, the Dark Spires were creating collars that were going to put all the Digimon and the Digi-world under control of the Digimaster or the very evil di- digital guy. I don't know. Could be all kinds of things. Who knows? Who knows? Now, this next thing that I want to talk about, um, our update's over. The next thing I want to talk about, I am incredibly, incredibly, incredibly happy about this. So Super Nintendo World officially has an opening date. So Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios in Osaka, Japan is set to open February 4th of next year. Originally, the park was announced in 2015 and, you know, due to the global pandemic we're going through, work on the park was delayed and the opening was also delayed. 
Um, Super Nintendo World has been coming out amazing. The pictures and videos that I've seen look beautiful. Now, I do have one critique um, from what I've seen. It's called Super Nintendo World, but I've only seen things that are geared towards Mario in the park, which is not a bad thing. But if we're going to call it something like Super Nintendo World, I was hoping to see Metroid Prime, Donkey Kong, Star Fox, The Legend of Zelda Influence, you know, other things, Bomberman, all kinds of stuff. Um, I wasn't expecting to just see a Mario World because in this case, you just call it, should just call it Super Mario World because it's all Mario things. Um, it looks glorious. There is a roller coaster that you can ride. And on the roller coaster, they give you a VR helmet or a AR helmet, not VR, because this is going to be augmented reality on the roller coaster. Think about that. An augmented reality roller coaster where you go through Bowser's Castle, you go underwater, you go through tunnels, and you go through one of the most amazing places ever, motherfucking Rainbow Road. Mm. If you are a Mario Kart player, Rainbow Road is like the road of all roads. It is like driving down an expressway made of clouds and rainbows that is super fun to drive on, but is incredibly tricky all at the same time. It is amazing. So the fact that there is a rainbow road that I can experience in real life, in real time, and that I can touch and lick and taste the motherfucking rainbow without eating disgusting Skittles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am sold. Sold out of my mind about this. Um, it looks great. If you want to see stuff about it, honestly, just Google Super Nintendo World. But you can also go to Nintendo's website, Nintendo.com, and see it all. Or probably just trounce around on social media for a little bit today. In between the crotch shots, people getting dragged in girl fights, you'll see something about Super Nintendo World. It looks amazing. I'm super happy. Um... I will be getting a ticket to go, um, probably not to the grand opening. Once we've worked out this coronavirus vaccine and I see that the vaccine is not creating another I am legend or giving people boring superpowers like the ability to make spaghetti appear out of thin air, I'm here for it. I'll take a little vaccine and I will go to this park because this just looks amazing. It, I can't even explain it in words, y'all. It looks like you're literally stepping into Super Mario. That is what it looks like. Now, I hope that I can get something Tanuki there. I hope I can get like a Tanuki Mario suit or maybe like a Tanuki hat, something. I need the Tanuki. I need one of those giant boots that you can hop around and in from Super Mario 3. I want one of those. I need a cape. Um, that you get from the feather, which I've just never understood why a feather turns into a cape. Mario should have got wings, but neither here nor there. And I hope I can find a fire flower and a piranha plant. Those are the things that I want. 
Nintendo, you should have them there in that park. And you know you should have them. And of all things, if there is somebody walking around that park dressed like dry bones, bitch, I'm going to tackle you. Just so you know. Um, dry bones is my favorite character of all characters from Super Mario. So just saying, there better be something for dry bones. Um, but just had to share it. That's what was going on with Super Nintendo World. Super happy about it. It opens in February 2021 and I cannot wait. Um, so y'all, that's really, that's really going to be the main gist of today's show. Um, because it's World AIDS Day and I wanted to just stop and check in and talk with y'all and share a little bit about my day. A little lightheartedness because I'm pretty sure we all need some lightheartedness right now, especially with everything's going on. Um, the last thing that I did want to talk about, this has to do with a restaurant owner in Atlanta, I think it was. And... Um, <sighs> I have to breathe when I say this one because this was a lot to take in. Um, All right, y'all, I am back. Um, The troubles of having a home studio is the fact that when people call you, it can really interrupt the recording and there's no way to stop it. Unfortunately, this is just the troubles of working in a home studio, but you know what I'm calling it? I'm calling it struggling with success because at the end of the day, it's getting this content to your ears. So the last thing I do want to talk about, this is about an incident that occurred at a restaurant in Dallas, Texas called Kitchen and Cocktails. Um, And the owner, Kevin Kelly, Now, what ended up happening, if you're not familiar with it, the video's been going around social media for a little bit. This man, he is a black owner of this restaurant, and he is on video screaming and yelling at a group of women and also the rest of the patrons in his restaurant because they were standing on a couch and twerking. Um, They were getting their best life, having brunch. It looked like a girl's brunch, and they just turning up, having a good time, not hurting anybody. And honestly, it didn't look like any single person in the restaurant was bothered or even a tad bit annoyed that these women were twerking. The restaurant patrons actually seemed to have a very negative reaction to the owner. So the women are twerking, they're having a good time, and then he comes out and he's screaming and yelling and he's saying to these women, their twerking isn't allowed here, twerking brings down the culture and all these different things. Um, But one of the snippets I want to take from what he said, and actually do some of it, um, he said, I invested a lot of money into buying this building and into developing this concept so that Black people can have somewhere nice to go, Okay. Somewhere where our people can feel good about themselves as a culture, okay? Real talk. And so all this twerking and shit, take it to Prime, take it to Pink. Don't bring it here because we're a restaurant. 75% of my customers are ladies. Um, And then he also said to Newsweek that 75% of my customers are ladies and I want to sh- and I want men to show respect for themselves for how they carry themselves here. So how can I tell men to respect themselves when you guys are twerking on glass here? 
He added towards the end of the video, if you guys want to do it, get the fuck out of my restaurant because I did it for our people and I did it for our culture. So don't do it again. I don't want to hear it again. If you don't like it, get out because I don't need your money. I need to provide something for my people. So don't do it again. And that's everything that Kelly said from the video. Um, This is in Newsweek. This is on multiple other media outlets because, let's be honest, the mainstream media loves when they have a chance to display Black people being a part of the stereotype, which is, as a Black man, you're screaming, shouting, angry, mad, or yelling. And if you're a Black woman, you're acting like what they would classify a whore, a thought, or whatever, or being ratchet. Um, That's why this is on these major media outlets. Let's be honest about that first. But the thing about it, um, Kevin Kelly, you are wrong. Um, I think you're 100% wrong in this situation. One, we don't know the full story in the background. And there was reports from him that was on other news outlets that he asked these women multiple times to stop standing on the furniture and twerking. That is one thing compared to what you said. I want to make that very clear. If people are in your restaurant and they are disrespecting your property, they're damaging property, they're bothering guests uh, unwantedly, that's one thing. You talk to those specific women and you tell those specific women to leave. But to get up and shout at the entire restaurant that twerking isn't respecting yourselves, that this shit isn't okay here and that you can get the fuck out, That's restaurant owner suicide right there, one. But two, don't claim that you're doing this for the culture when you're shaming women for just getting up and dancing. You're shaming them. Our dances, if you don't know, have been already considered evil, disgusting, vile, and everything by the people who enslaved our people to create our culture, if you want to be honest about it. So... Behaving the way you behaved, one, is wrong. Two, for you to say that this is a situation where you're not respecting yourself, even though these are full-grown women who have come to this restaurant, obviously with money to pay and have themselves a good-ass time, they must respect themselves enough to get dollars to come and spend in your rinky-dink-ass restaurant. Let's talk about it. But the part of all of this that I think bothers me the most is the fact that your restaurant promotes itself as a nightclub. Your restaurant has a nightclub section. Your restaurant, while people are eating, which I'm assuming was brunch in this situation based on some of the food on people's tables, is like a turn-up spot for a brunch. How can you market and sell these things with they're selling? I think a, it's either $10,000 or $1,000 seats for a New Year's party to come. But how can you market yourselves at this club and dancing in happy space with a DJ, but then you get upset when people stand up and start dancing? That makes no sense. No sense whatsoever, sir. No sense. Rightfully so, I see he's being dragged online 23,000 times, and I'm pretty sure you just sent some of your business over to Prime and Pink. Those were the other restaurants you mentioned. So I hope Prime and Pink, I hope y'all have a great rest of your year. You, sir, I'm not going to wish bad on you, but I'm just going to say that your words probably hurt yourself more than they hurt anybody else, and it is 
hilarious to watch. So I just had to address that. Somebody sent it to me in an email and I watched the video and thank you for sending it to me, but he's wrong. I don't agree with him at all. Um, but y'all, that's going to wrap up our show. I am out of here. I can't deal with any more interruptions. I get the feeling someone's going to call my phone in the next three minutes and interrupt me again. <laughs> so thank you again for listening to the show. Please rate me and leave a comment on any podcast app that you're listening to, because without you, this is not possible for me to keep doing this show. I appreciate y'all every week. Happy World AIDS Day. And you know what? Go out and hug somebody. Go out and hug somebody and go get an STD test. Do it. Bye.